Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Built to last, everybody. Who's in relationships? Anybody in relationship? Maybe you're married, you got a boss at work, you got siblings, you got kids, you got friendships. We're all in relationships. When it comes to relationships, there's really two ways in which we can live our lives when it comes to relationships. We can live our lives the world's way, or we can live our lives God's way. We said this last week when it comes to relationships, and it's this, that great relationships are possible, so you can have great relationships. They aren't something that's impossible. They are possible, but they are not probable. And here's why they're not, they're not probable because there are uh, ways in which we live our relationships that is the world's way. And the world's way, I don't know if you've noticed it, uh, isn't really working when it comes to relationships. There is more division and more lack of unity and more hatred than ever before. And so great relationships are possible, but they're not probable unless we live God's way. And so last week we gave you a scripture in Hebrews, or sorry, uh, Romans chapter 12, and it says this. It says, do not copy the behaviors and customs of the world. And so there is a world's way in which it comes to, to living your life. And the Bible says, don't copy this way, but let God transform you. And so when it comes to our relationships, we wanna let God transform our thinking when it comes to how we live our life in relationships one to another. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's when you do this that you understand that God has good and pleasing and perfect will for your life. God does want you to have good relationships. God does want you to have relationships that are built to last. And so if we're gonna have relationships that are built to last with those around us, it's gonna be because we choose to live God's way. And so last week, I gave you a talk called Drop the Stones, and we talked about conflict and how all of us, uh, if we've been in relationships for any period of time, we're gonna have conflict, right? And it's so easy when it comes to conflict to pick up the stone and just begin throwing it. You did this to me, so I'm gonna do this to you, an eye for an eye, or we pick up the stone, you know, when it comes to unfulfilled expectations or people making us mad. Last week I talked about when it comes to conflict, we need to drop the stones. And before we ever even go to the other person, we need to go to God. That when it comes to the conflict in, in your life and my life, we've gotta learn to take those things to God and say, God, I can't handle this anymore. I don't even know if I can handle this person anymore. And so I'm giving you this problem. I'm giving you this situation. And so that was last week, drop the stones. And this week, I wanna talk from the idea of communication. Conflict and communication, two things that I think you've got to learn to build your relationships on, that if you can have healthy conflict and you can learn to communicate well, I think you can have relationships that are built to last. There's probably 20 things I could have talked about, but the Bible speaks to these two things very clearly. Have you ever noticed that some people, they're great at communication? Some people are talkers. You ever met a talker? The non-talkers just laughed. Right, you ever met a talker? I used to be a talker. I mean, I could, I could talk to anyone, any point of time. Now I'm afraid that I use all my words on Sundays, right? Then I get to Monday, I'm like, I don't have any words left. It takes me till Wednesday to have anything to say anymore. But right, if you're not a talker, here's what happens to you. You end up sitting on an airplane next to a talker. <laughs> Last week I was traveling, that's the truth, huh? 
Last week I was traveling to Virginia and the whole time as I'm getting on my plane, I'm just praying, God, don't let me sit next to a talker. God, don't let me sit next to somebody that wants to talk. It's already bad enough wearing a mask on the plane if I have to talk to somebody the whole entire time, right? And so uh, thank goodness I didn't sit next to, actually, I don't know if I sat next to a talker because uh, let me give you uh, like a good way to, to get out of jail if you're ever, you know, traveling. Just when you sit down, put in headphones. If you sit next to a talker, they're just gonna assume you shut the door. And so if you're not a talker, there you go, put in some headphones. But all of us, when it comes to communication, maybe you use a lot of words, maybe you enjoy communication, you like communicating, or maybe for you, you're a little more introverted. When it comes to communication, you don't really like it. If I gave you a mic right now, you would kind of freak out. I mean, literally, you would spaz out right now because you just don't like to communicate. You just don't wanna be in front of people. But no matter if you're a talker or a non-talker, you like to communicate or you don't like to communicate, uh, communication is vital to our relationships. You cannot have a healthy, lasting, thriving relationship without communication. And communication, they, they can do so many things when it comes to communication. Uh, with communication, we can solve problems. How many of you know that's to be true, right? It, it's how we solve problems, by dialoguing with one another. Not only can we solve problems, but we can move forward in life. There, there's situations in which need forward progress and need some movement in them, and communication is often how we do that. Number three is we can express our love for one another. Okay, I love you isn't I love you until you say it. <laughs> you know, I mean, we can, we can give each other a hug or we, we can, you know, embrace. I can embrace my wife and she knows I love her, but there's something about me saying it, saying I love you, babe, that goes beyond just the nonverbal touch. It matters. We can express love for one another. And so communication can do a lot of positive things. They can solve problems. They can move you forward. They can express love. But how many of you know communication can do some negative things? It can destroy your relationships. I mean, it can damage them. You can say the wrong thing in a moment and not mean to say it, and it can damage your relationships. Not only can it damage your relationships, but it can hurt one another. You can say something and didn't mean to say it, and then you hurt the person next to you, okay? Or you can just say things you regret. You just say things that afterwards you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. There's an old phrase growing up that said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why do we teach people that, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. The truth is words hurt. When people say things that, that, that come against us or you know, attack our character or whatever, words can hurt. The lack of words sometimes can hurt. And so what we say and what comes out of our mouth, it's so important. Have you ever been on the receiving end of a hurtful word? Maybe, maybe a spouse said something to you and you've never forgot it. Maybe you were in a dating relationship one time and Somebody said, you know, you're not, you're not attractive or you're not beautiful and you've never forgot it. Now you go into every other dating relationship thinking you're not attractive or you're not beautiful or maybe a coach or a student said something to you at one point or a teacher. A teacher said, hey, you're never gonna amount to anything. Hey, that was a really dumb thing, you know, you did, whatever. And you let that attach to yourself and here you are 40 years later still echoing out in your mind what that coach said or what that teacher said or what that boss said. Hey, you're never gonna excel. 
in life. You're never gonna amount to anything. You'll always just work at the level that you're working at. And we've been on the, the, the end sometimes of receiving some really bad words. And sometimes those things, they can attach themselves to us and they can really hurt. But I would say not only have we been on the ends of or the end of receiving bad words, but sometimes we actually are the ones giving the bad words. Maybe you've been there and you said something that damaged a relationship. You said something that hurt somebody in your life. You said something that you regretted. We've all been in this situation where we've said something that's came out of our mouth and we thought, oh, I wish I could take it back. I wish I didn't say that. Or maybe you said it and you're like, they had it coming to them. <laughs> if that's you today, this talk is for you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> We've probably all been there. We laugh a little bit. In the world of social media, in the words of, world of saying whatever we want with our words, with our thumbs. We've destroyed one another. In fact, here's what I'm learning about communication. We're actually dehumanizing one another with our communication. Have you, have you looked around at your world lately? Have you looked around how people talk and how people communicate? We say things so flippantly. We say things, you know, like they're not a big deal. And, and in doing so, what we're doing is we're just, we're dehumanizing you. When I get online and I just speak my mind, when I'm in conversation with you and I just let it fly, and I just say whatever I want to say, you, you dehumanize one another with your communication. Listen, when it comes to speaking your mind, sometimes we got to stop because you need all the mind that you can get you gotta stop just giving everyone a piece of it. I'm saying, have you been there? I've read some things over the last year that I'm thinking, I wish you wouldn't have just given me a piece of your mind because that just shows me you are really dumb right now. I mean, you said that and I doubt you got. Sorry, did I say that out loud? We've all been there though, right? We joke and laugh and I'm not picking on anybody but myself. Because we've all been there in moments where we said something that just dehumanized the other person in front of us. We thought, man, why did I say that? Why did I do that? You know, the Bible speaks to our words in so many different places in the power. I love this passage of scripture, though, in Matthew chapter 12. It's the message version. It's actually Jesus speaking, and he said this. He said, let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words so the words we just say that, that just kind of flippantly come out of our mouth, every one of them, it says, will come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. He goes on to say, words, they're powerful. Have you thought about that? Your words are powerful. It says, take them seriously. What comes out of your mouth, take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can be your damnation. I mean, that's, a, that's red letters. If We should have made these in red. If you look in your Bible, that's some red letter stuff right there. Jesus saying, your words, they're powerful. And we cannot be, be careless with them because they'll come back to haunt us. They will damage things. They will destroy things. They will, they will cause you to live relationships that cannot last, but will be destroyed. 
And so when it comes to our communication, I think Jesus would say this today. We got to take it seriously. You got to think about what you say. And so if there's like a big idea for today, it's this. May we just be intentional in our communication. I wonder what it would look like if our communication with one another was intentional. If we actually took every word that came out of our mouth serious. If we actually thought before we say something, is this going to hurt somebody or help somebody? Is this going to damage them? Is this going to destroy them? Is this going to cause them to live a life where one day they think back on this conversation for bad? Your words are powerful. If I were to have a bottom line for kind of the message today, it would be this. What I say, what comes out of my mouth, it should reflect who I am, not what I feel. Well, who am I? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But what comes out of your mouth, student? What comes out of your mouth, sir, ma'am? What comes out of your mouth, mom, dad? They should reflect who you are, not just how you feel. Lots of times what comes out of our mouth just reflects how I feel. Well, this is how I feel in the moment. This is what I wanna say. This is what my feelings are telling me. How many of you know our feelings lie to us? You ever felt something and then afterwards you're like, I don't even know if I believe that. Why was I so mad? Because <laughs> your feelings, they can lie to you. Now that doesn't mean that you don't feel them. Feelings are real, but feelings are also lies some of the time. And so we, we've, got, we've got to know what comes out of our mouth should really reflect who I am. And so I'll talk about that here in a minute. It'll make sense. But let me, let me read a passage of scripture to you in James. And James has a lot to say when it comes to our communication. And I want to give you four things when it comes to our communication that I think can be helpful for you as your pastor. James chapter three, if you've got your Bible, you can follow along. And um, it says this, and here's my hope. My hope is that you'll, you'll see it in God's word. You'll go home and apply it. That's every preacher's dream, right? That you'll go home and apply something that they say and that we'll, uh, we'll get to work together, have great communication. Amen, everybody? It says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that what you teach will be judged more strictly. This is a lot of pressure on me today with the microphone. Just remember, anytime you wanna speak something negative about a pastor, they're gonna be judged plenty strictly. Don't worry about it. You don't have to help join in the judgment. Amen, Willie. Lighten up. We all stumble. All of us stumble. None of us are perfect. All of us have days where we drop the ball, make mistakes. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is, is never at fault in what they say is what? Is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. I found this part so fascinating. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. You mean if I can learn to control what I say, then I can have a great figure? That's how I read that. If I can learn to control what I say, then I can control my whole body. I can control what I eat. I can control the things that I discipline myself with. In many ways, it's saying yes, because this is the hardest thing to control. That if you learn to control what you say, you actually can keep your whole body in check. That's how powerful your words are. 
They are the hardest thing in your life to learn to control. But James is saying, if you can learn to control that, man, you're in good shape. You could do a lot with your life. You can control a lot of things about you. He goes on to say this, and he speaks about words. He says, when we put bits into the mouth of a horse to make them obey, we can turn the whole animal. So he gives three little analogies here, okay? I want you to see this. The first one is a bit in a horse's mouth. He says, you can take a little bit, a little piece of metal and control a wild animal. Isn't that crazy? You could take a wild horse, put a bit in its mouth and eventually learn to control it. He says, or take a ship as an example. Although they are extremely large, although they are large and can be driven by strong winds, winds can push them where they want them to go. They are steered by a very small rudder, something very small, wherever the pilot wants them to go. And so you have a bit in a horse's mouth that can steer a wild animal where it wants it to go. And then you have a rudder on a ship that even though it can be controlled by the winds and the waves, you can put a small rudder on it and pilot it wherever you want it to go. He goes on to say this, a third example. The tongue is also like fire, a world of evil among parts of the body. That, that the default of this thing is to speak evil. It says it can corrupt the whole body. Just a minute ago, he said, if you can control this, you can actually control the whole body. And he's saying, if you can't, it'll actually corrupt the whole body. It'll set its course or one's course of life on fire and it's set on fire by hell. It says the tongue is, goes on to say this, sorry, next verse. It says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. And it goes on to say, but no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And so James gives three examples here. He gives the example of a horse's mouth, a rudder of a boat, and then, and then a fire. In one passage of scripture, it says the tongue can be a spark, a small spark that can set a whole forest on blaze. That you can say something out of your mouth that can just be like a small spark that can set a whole forest on fire. I think it's crazy that all of these things can be moved and all of these things can be controlled by something that's so small, something that can seem so insignificant. But the tongue, although it's small, James would say, is one of the most powerful parts of the body. That a small thing can set spark to a, to a huge forest. I mean, have you ever said something that you didn't mean to say and it created a ton of drama for you? There's not enough guys shaking their head right now. Married men, you get me. You've said something that you shouldn't have said and it started some drama before you, didn't it? Anybody ever said something to a child? I was saying something to my child yesterday and I thought, wow, this just started a huge fire. I told him, I'm a four-year-old, and he was just doing what he wanted to do because that's what four-year-olds do. And I looked at him and I said, you better control your attitude. He lost it. And you know what he did? He looked back at me and told me, you better control your attitude. 
I thought, how did I start this with my four-year-old by one little word that I just said? But you can cause a whole lot of drama sometimes. Four years old, parenting fail in that moment. I thought, am I doing a bad job? Does my son love Jesus, you know? He's going to jail one day, isn't he? No, I'm not speaking that. Words of life. Parents, you've been there right there. <laughs> God, in Jesus' name, he's going to be a saint. But our words, they can, they can harm our relationships. They can, you almost spit your coffee out. That was so true. I saw that, sir. <laughs> but our, our words, they can, they can magnify things in our relationships for the good and the bad. So we have to be intentional with them. Why? Because I think this, I think our words, they create worlds. And so what world do you want to live in? What you say will create a world. A world that lifts you up and lifts others up or honestly tears them down. And so I want to give you, I want to give you four things when it comes to your speaking that I think could be helpful. The first one is this, if you're taking notes, write it down. If not, just write it down. Uh, speak to solve, not to win. When it comes to the communication, uh, husbands and wives, one of the things that I've learned is we've got to speak to solve, not to win. I mean, this was true yesterday in my, you know, four-year-old battle. I had to figure out after that moment, okay, am I going to prove a point, okay, and win the argument, or am I going to solve the issue here? But I think our bent always is to just win the argument. I mean, I, I, my wife isn't like this, but I am like this. There are moments where, you know, we, we have a disagreement, and look, I just want to win. You move past the point of, like, actually, you know, you, I, there's points you don't even remember what you're fighting about anymore. You ever been there? Or you don't even remember what you're arguing about anymore. Now you just know we're arguing, and I'm going to win this thing. I'm competitive by nature. If you look at my, my disc assessment, I'm a high D, so competition is, is, is all me. But we've got to learn to speak to, to solve issues, not just win issues. We've got to learn to look at one another and say, okay, this isn't about me winning the argument. This isn't about me just being right. I heard a story yesterday. We were having brunch with somebody, and I'll paraphrase the story because I heard it secondhand, but but they talked about two, two individuals that decided that they were gonna meet up for a brawl one day. I grew up in a small redneck town, Green Forest, Arkansas. This is the kind of stuff we would do, okay? We would meet after school at the PALS one stop and duke it out if you had an issue with somebody. And so they were telling me a story uh, about two guys that kind of met up afterwards to, to duke it out. And so one of the guys, I mean, he just kind of pounced on the other guy and you know, he let himself be known and he went, won the fight. But he went to shake the person's hand, and I can't remember how they said it, if he shook or not shook. But afterwards, basically, the guy looked at him and says, like, I'm never going to be your friend again. So he won the fight, but he lost a friend. He won the fight, but he lost a relationship. And I wonder how many times that that's happened in our marriage where we've won the fight, but we lost a little bit in our relationship. We won the argument, but something, something was lost. Something was hurt a little bit. You won the fight with your coworker, but you lost something. You won the fight online, but you lost a little respect. You, you, you lost people looking at you and, and actually saying, I admire you. Now you won the fight, you proved the point, 
But we've got to learn that when it comes to our communication and relationships, it's not always about winning. Sometimes it's just about saying, okay, how do we solve the problem? And look, the best way to solve a problem is to be united together. And if you're going to be united together, you have to communicate with one another. And it's really hard to communicate if you're both just trying to win. You know what I've learned in marriage? We're a team. And I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, you know, or not, or you've ever played sports, but a team wins together and it loses together. And so if I win the fight with my spouse, guess what? I didn't win, I lost. If I win and she loses, then, then, then I lost. We either win together or we lose together. And so we gotta seek to, to solve, not just win. The second thing is this, I've gotta learn to speak what needs to be said, not what's easily said. It's way easier to just set a spark with our tongue, to just say whatever we wanna say, to just kinda let it fly, as I said earlier, to just kinda speak, speak your mind. But Proverbs 15, 28 says this. It says, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before they speak. Thinks carefully before they speak. Now, I want to get better at this in my life. I want to get better when I'm in, you know, conflict with, with someone or I'm in conversation with somebody, a boss or a coworker, or the team that I lead or, you know, maybe you, that I would think carefully what I say. I wonder how your relationships would improve if in every conversation before you said something, you thought about it. You thought, you know, what, is this the right thing? Because if we're not careful, if we don't think carefully what we're gonna say, you have to remember what James says. He says, the tongue, it's evil. So it's bent is gonna be to say the wrong thing, but it says, think carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. So our bent, if we don't think, stop and think, is gonna be to speak negativity, is gonna be to speak things that, that often we wanna get back, but it's like toothpaste, right? You can squeeze it out, but you can't put it back in the tube. And I don't want us to live our lives in ways as Christians where we say things that we wish we could put back in the tube because we just didn't think carefully about what we were gonna say. And so we have to learn that, that everything that we say, okay, it, we, we, we should think about it, that we shouldn't just say what, what's easily said, but, but we would say what, what needs to be said. And man, can I just say this? Not everything needs to be said. Sometimes we say things to win, right? Not solve. And we just want to be heard, but not everything needs to be said. It's like the, the student that gets mad at the parent and slams their door and says, I hate you. Well, no, they don't. They just were angry and they said, I hate you because it was easy to say, but that hurts. It hurts the parent that steps back and say, man, I never thought my child would say that. Never thought my son or daughter would say that to me. It was easily said. It wasn't something they meant, but it was easy to say. And so we have to, we have to be careful. Am I speaking what needs to be said? And am I choosing my words carefully? You know, today may seem like a lecture to you or just some, some talking points, but I think, I think if we could apply these things, man, we could really win in our relationships. I want us to have relationships that are built to last. I don't want your relationships to become a statistic in your marriage. 
I don't want your relationships with your coworkers and your friends and family to end up being a strength. You know, I've got, you know, my dad, he hasn't talked to his brother in like, you know, 30 years because of something that was said. I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to your relationships. Number three is this, if you're taking notes, we've got to speak to build up, not to tear down. Speak to build up, not to tear down. Proverbs says this, says a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. A word aptly spoken. A word that, that, that speaks to build up. In our relationships, we should be building other people up. We shouldn't be tearing them down. Man, it's, people are getting hell all week. People are getting tore down all week. I promise you, okay, the way we live our lives, our mind half the time is tearing us down enough. We don't need you to join in. Well, I'm just being the devil's advocate. How about you be a Jesus advocate for a change, right? I'm just, it's so easy to just, to just tear people down. What would it look like if we were intentional as men and women in the faith that we would build people up, that we would build people's character up, that we would speak to people's potentials, that when we're around each other, we would speak to you know, people's gift sets and we would speak to people's uniqueness and we would speak to their strengths and their talents, okay? I mean, honestly, the devil, we live in a world where we're so insecure. Anybody ever struggled with insecurity? I'm not enough, I'll never be enough, I'll never amount to anything. We've got that self-talk in our heads all the time if we let it, you know, come to us. And, and, and the thing is that we need people in our lives that'll build us up because it's easy to tear ourselves down. Even if you're not tearing other people down with your words, you've got to choose to build them up. Man, I want to look at people and speak to their potential. I want to look at people and when I, when I see something good in them, say it. I wonder if we just did that. If we see it, we would say it. The good, not the bad, okay? That we'd see potential in somebody and we'd say, you know what, I see this in you. Man, you're gonna do so much with your life. We'd look at somebody in the grocery store that has a big smile and say, man, I like that smile. Man, that's gonna take you far in life. That we would look at those around us and say, man, how you handled that conversation a while ago or how you handled that task at work, man, that was really good. That was really good. You did a great job. Have you, have you received a compliment lately from anybody? There's not enough people bowing their, or nodding their heads around here. That means we can all get better at this, right? But if you've received a compliment lately, I, you know what I've noticed? It can feel awkward. Like you get a compliment, you're like, oh, thank you. Like, ugh, it feels a little awkward. I wonder why that is. I think it's because we're getting tore down so much. And so we get a compliment and we're like, why did that feel awkward? It should feel natural. It should feel natural to see something and somebody say it, speak to their potential and say, you're amazing. Man, I love you. Man, we gotta learn to say I love you more to people, to build them up. I love you to my wife. I love you to my son. I love you to my daughter. You know, whatever, that we would, we would build people up with our words, not tear them down. And this is true with our thumbs as well. They communicate that what we say online would build people up, not tear people down. Things we need to speak. We need to speak, need to speak life and not death. That's the fourth thing. If you're taking notes, speak life 
and not death. You know, it's not always just speaking to the person, by the way, too. We think, well, if I don't say it to their face, then I'm not really tearing them down. I see it all the time, right? Have conversations with with people that are destroyed because of something somebody said, you know, behind their back. Can I say gossip matters too? You know what I've learned? Every, everything that you say to somebody else about somebody else, good or bad, okay, in secret, is probably gonna come out. And so we gotta make sure when we're, when we're speaking to others that we're, we're building people up, not tearing them down. And I wanna be a man of God that doesn't gossip about other people, that doesn't, that I not only won't tear you down to your face, but I also won't tear you down to your neighbor. I won't walk out of here and say, man, I can't believe that they did that. I can't believe that they wore that, or I can't believe they struggled with that. Every time you do that, okay, you're tearing somebody down and it's gonna come back to them. Even if it never comes back to them that you said that, The Bible said earlier in Matthew that you'll basically eat the words in which you say, they'll haunt you. And then you'll be in a situation one day where somebody's speaking bad behind your back and you're like, man, I can't believe somebody would do that. Well, we reap what we sow. And so I wanna speak words that build people up, but I also wanna speak life. See, building people up is about speaking words to their potential and to their talents and to their character, but speaking life is about speaking to that person's heart and that person's inner being and who that person really is. It's, it's saying, you know what? I'm not gonna speak death. I'm gonna speak to their dreams. I'm gonna speak to their hopes. I'm gonna speak to the things inside of them. I'm gonna speak to their potential. I'm not gonna be the person that says, you will never, you never can, you never will. But I want to be the, the person that sees people and say, says, you know what, you can do it. God's got a plan for you. God's got destiny for you. I hate that it's become like pie in the sky, you know, or prosperity gospel for, you know, somebody to look at somebody and say, God's got a plan for you. God's got purpose for you. God's got destiny for you. Man, we need to... We need, to, we need to give that away more often. We need to look at our spouse more often and say, I love you. God's got good plans for our marriage. You're a great mom. You're a great dad. You're a great spouse. You look good. Speak words of life over one another. Here's the problem though. The problem is this, James said, no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame it. So I gave you all those things and it's like, how do we even begin to do it? Because James said, no man can tame it. He goes on to say this, if you follow along, he says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings. We have been made though in God's likeness or who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth can come praise and cursing. 
my brothers and sisters, this should not be. It goes on to say, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. So he's describing this dilemma of fresh water and salt water. You know, when you say yes to Jesus, when you put your faith in him, you've got fresh water running inside of you. You've got living water running inside of you. You no longer have the salt water that you were born with, but you've got fresh water inside of you. He said, I wanna put rivers of living water inside of you. See, what you say, what you say should reflect who you are, not what you feel. And so who are you? Well, you're a son, you're a daughter of the Most High. When you said yes to Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You've got something fresh inside of you. And so no man can tame the tongue. No man can control it, but the Holy Spirit can. With the help of the Holy Spirit, He can come in and He can take something that can damage and destroy your life. And He can say, let me help you. That thought, Let me help you. What you're about to say, let me help you. And so who are you? You're a child of the Most High with the Holy Spirit inside of you. And so you can be a person that speaks life, not death. You can be a person that that doesn't tear down but builds up. You can be a person that says what needs to be said, not what's easily said. So I wanna encourage you, if you'd bow your heads, close your eyes. I just wanna ask you two questions today. And the questions are this. What is it that you think the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? You know, I think if we allow God, he speaks to all of us. And right now I'm I'm believing that God is taking my words that doesn't have to be words of eloquence or, you know, profoundness, but God can take them and by his spirit, he can begin to speak things to you. And so God, I pray that you take the words today that came out of my mouth and that you would begin to use your word. Your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. The scriptures that we read today, may they challenge us. May you bring those things to my mind and my attention. So what is God saying to you about your communication? Maybe he's saying, hey, you gotta speak more life. You've been speaking a lot of death. Maybe he's saying to you, hey, you gotta stop just saying what you wanna say all the time, but you gotta rein in some things and learn to think carefully. So what is God saying to you? 
And then I would say this, what are you going to do about it? What should you do about it? Maybe you don't need to apply the whole message today, but maybe there's a part of it that God's speaking to you today to apply to your life. I pray that you would be able to do so. Just wonder what it would look like if we just, right where we are, maybe we just open our hands up to God and say, God, speak to me. Show me the areas that I could learn to communicate a little better in. Show me the areas that, that God, I need to learn to, to give to you because I can't control them on my own. And God, as I give them to you, in essence, I'm making room for you to control what is evil and bring life to it. So Father, I pray that words of living water would flow out of us, that we would be men and women that that when we communicate, it would just speak life. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.